Welcome to the second episode, the difficult follow-up to um, Ref, are you having a laugh? Uh, me and Wayne Riles, Martin Cassidy and Wayne Baker, we're doing a special today because we've had some breaking news this afternoon um, about the FA introducing points deductions to, um, to football opposed to uh, fines to try and stop the abuse that referees get, both physically and verbally. So, Martin, over to you, mate. You're the one that's been pushing this. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us how excited you are. I can see it in your little face there. And uh, is this <laughs> is this a start excited. of big things? I haven't been this excited since I heard about Virgil van Dijk going to Liverpool. I tell you, <laughs> it's um, I was phenomenal, phenomenal. And it must be said, you know, um, the FA. I really feel. Remember, I said in the first episode that I really see these signs. Changes. You're trying to get older, haven't I? And here we are. You know, within seven days of us having that, having that pod. Then yeah, I'm waiting that it wouldn't happen. I know, I know, mate. I know, and 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 you know, I've, I've battered the FA for years. I've I've battered them. I've openly done it, and, and people have said I've got an agenda against because I used to work there and all that stuff. But it wasn't. Now, now the, the two, what I believe, two big obstacles of development of referees have gone. These things are happening, and there's a guy there that all seems to gravitate around what he does is. A guy called Andy Ambler, who I hope can come on this podcast at some point. But you know, if if we if we do get him on, it'd be a massive catch if we do. But he's 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 fundamental in this. He's like the boss of the boss of the referees department, covers lots of departments, ex-chief exec of Millwall. Top top lad. I I believe he's 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 pushing these things and he's also on IFAB. So to see this come, even though I believe it's a bit watered down to what I wanted, I would like to see at the higher levels. I don't know what you two think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it would have been that would have been nice, but um, but listen, let's let's start somewhere. It's like, you know, I, I I just can't believe it's come through, and I think one of the reasons there might not be a higher echelons of football, um, well, because I think there's del- there's there's more political obstacles to get round over there. Yeah, and the FA is another national governor body got more power over the level. What was it, what what was it made? Step seven, wasn't it? Step seven, yeah. So just just to clarify what, for what's been brought in for people that are, are just hearing this or you've seen it yesterday and you've not really read too much into it. So they're introducing a points deduction scheme to um, both men's and women's football. At men's football, it starts at step seven. <clears throat> and at women's football, it starts at what they call tier three. So for women's football, it's Women's National League and Southern Premier Division and everything that falls below it. So it's missing out the top two tiers, which are the Women's Championship the Women's Super League, and for the men's, it's coming in at step seven, which is kind of like the the last step or the bottom step, if you like, on the um, on the grassroots pyramid, um, which is stuff like your Northern Premier, your Southern Premier, uh, Southern Premier South, and all those that fall below. It doesn't cover the ones above it, which is National League South, National North, uh, and National League, League Two, League One, etc., etc. And f- as, far, as far as what we can see at the minute, it doesn't include... Uh, junior football and um, so for, I think for me my surprise of it was a bit like you Martin that I think it's great that it's coming in but I think it could have been introduced to junior football as well um, and I'm quite surprised that the threshold in it is a lot higher <clears throat> in the women's game compared to the men's when we know as men are more aggressive than women um, but I do I do feel and, and, I, and I do smile when I say this and I'm just trying to think of this conversation being had at a Premier League level to chief execs who have managers underneath them like Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Mikel Arteta, uh, Conte when they were at Tottenham, and they'd be absolutely shitting themselves, wouldn't they? <laughs> 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 About this coming in. So I think I think it will work. I think it'll take time to bed in, but I, I do think it's something that we'll hopefully see that will eventually move up all the steps and, and to cover all football and especially, which I know you're going to touch on a minute, Wayne, especially junior football. Yeah, I echo that completely, Wayne. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed that it's not in junior football. I'm a firm believer in nipping it in the bud. Um, I think if we'd have, you know, taught from an early level that you're going to be penalised if you abuse, you know, dis a ref, you know, violently attack a ref even, um, then as they grow older and enter leagues, if they get that lucky, then they'll have that behaviour ingrained in them. So I absolutely welcome the fact that it's happening at all. I do think it could be better. I do think hopefully it will be better in time and it will reach grassroots juniors because I think that's a biggie. It needs to be in grassroots juniors. 
Yeah, yeah. And when, and I got the heads up before it got announced. There was an embargo on it till half 12. And, and I, I was thinking, oh, God, I want, I want to get out there. And I felt like, you know, on Christmas Day, you, you got told you, you, <laughs> you, you're getting a car for Christmas. And then when you get it, it's a Robin Reliance and not a Mercedes. Do you know what I mean? That's what I felt. Yeah. I yeah. felt like it could have been so much better than it was. But it's still brilliant. It's still yeah. massive. It's a, it, 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 to excuse the pun, it's a step. <laughs> In the right direction, yeah. yeah. It is. It is a step in the right direction. I just, I just think for me, obviously being a chairman and a coach and a referee in the junior game, I think junior football needs it as well. Mm -hmm. I think this this could be something that could be really, really brought in at junior level, and it would enable, like you said, coaches like me to. I mean, I don't have it anyway. I mean, when my players kick off, and it's not very often because they're under twelves, but I know as they get older, they'll get worse. And I and I and I jump in and I, and I go at him and I say, you know, just shut up, just shut up. You know, it's done. You know, we move on. And I think if we're then telling these kids, if you carry off like that with a ref, and you keep doing it, and you get carded for it, or, or we get disciplined for it, you know, like we, I mean, we've won a league this year on goal difference. So for me, that would have cost us a league title. I mean, you know, it is sending out a right message, and it is embedding it up here for later on in life when they get a bit older and they're able to do more damage both physically and and verbally, you know, um, as they get as they get bigger and more mature. Absolutely. Um, so I think having it in from a start for me in the junior football um, would have been a real bonus. But like I say, it's, it's hard to it's hard to criticise it. I hope this is kind of like a trial mm -hmm. of it and then see where see where it progresses to from there. See as a parent um with you know young Max just about to start his ref course. I was really excited when I first heard this, thinking, oh, that's amazing. Just think how safe my son's going to feel knowing he's got this in his armoury um, to protect himself against people that might attack him. So, you know, as a parent, I'm, I am that little bit disappointed that he's not going to have that just yet. But if he falls in love with refing like we did, um, and if he progresses, he's got, got it there for him later on. So I guess something to look forward to. You don't really want to do that to anybody, but it's still something that you understand if I do progress and I do go up my levels and I do wind in, you know, step seven and above, I've got something that can help me if I get abused, attacked, whatever. Yeah, I know. absolutely. And Martin, in terms of where you are, I, I take it you've been having your little chats today with people within the game. Has it been received well? Yeah, yeah, it has. It Any has. negativity? No, no. Oh. And, and, and I've, I've got a lot of people saying, you know, these things you're suggesting over periods of years seem to be coming into fruition. You should be working at the FA. And I said, well, look, I used to work there. And, you know, I like to think that I'm, I'm having more impact, you know, outside it than, than they am inside it. And I think that's one of the reasons why this might not have gone higher. Because I know the politi political obstacles that are in the way there for, for people like Andy Ambler and Danny Meeson and the team around the referees department. Particularly, obviously, a lot of this would be involving um, Fraser Williamson, who's the discipline side of things i think they call i don't know what they call that but i was called a discipline department which you know fair play fair play to him you know leading on it like it appears appears to do but this there's still loads to go again like the body cams there's not a silver bullet here mm. but if you just step back and even though i don't agree with the armbands like we talked about last time in the purple shirt and the socks when we start looking at a referee's toolbox now to what it was a few years back there's a lot more tools in the box yeah, and the good thing about this is, is that if you if you are saying look if you don't behave or blah blah blah, you do realise you can get points deducted now. The referee has another tool you can use, and a lot of it is the tool that you know he'll report it. He, he doesn't recommend it, or she recommends points deductions. A happens, B could happen, and I think not with the sort of the way it's being phrased and worded again, which I understand why it's worded that way, is that it isn't like the first defence. If he's not a referee, that's it. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of ambiguous on that side of it, but but nevertheless, nevertheless, I've battered the FA for ages, and and rightly so, they deserve some of the stick stick that they've had in the past. But I I've got to praise them, and I will praise them, and I want the whole refereeing community and football community to praise this. Yeah, it could be a bit more of a bigger stick, but it's a stick we've got yeah. now that we never ever would have had. I think it's great. I think it's really yeah. really positive. Just quickly jumping in on your you know tools in the box i don't know whether any of our watchers listeners whatever um that do ref in have got the ifab app it's absolutely superb for those that don't have it um it's got the laws of the game it's got some fantastic questions and answers which give you 
I, weird scenarios that you you might come across during the game and how to react to it. You know, um, it's a really great little Q and A piece for anybody that doesn't have it. Get it, IFAB. It's well worth having. Are you getting paid? Have you got your no. name and picture on this? <laughs> oh no, but you know, as, as someone that uses it a lot, um, and I've got you know, I've got Max to read it as well. It's a real eye opener, and it's a really great tool for just those minutes when you sat, you know, just wondering what a rule might be or you know, mm. what if. You'll probably find it there on IFAB. Yeah, Can I, I just want to come back as well to you know the guidelines. Sorry, were you going to finish off on that then? Go on, no, finish off on yeah, that. I was just going to say it's great for the pub ref. No, there's yeah. always every, every pub has yeah. a ref. It? You know, you should, what, yeah. what are you talking about? And you can go have a look at this, lads. Go and, go and get me a pint in and have a read of that. Have a read of that. You're wrong. Lads, you're wrong. <laughs> it's true. I just want to come back to you know when I want to pick up on what you said, Martin, about it's adding more little tools. And like I said, I downloaded this this guidelines today because I wanted to be prepared. And uh, I just wanted to have a read through it. But what it also does is, it also, the punishment can be more severe and less severe based on how a club reacts. So what I mean by that, and I'll read you some of them out, like the mitigating factors, which obviously reduce the, the, the points deductions you get. And there's three big ones that are, that are outlined at the top. And it puts the club has removed the individual who has committed the offence. The club has taken meaningful steps to address poor behaviour, uh, poor behavioural culture within the club. And the club has accepted full responsibility um, for the offences. So what that's saying is, it's not only to this player who's, who might be a problem player or a problem manager, that if you do do this and you do get us this points reduction for your team or for your club or whatever, right? there's a chance that I, I that we, as, uh, so from my perspective as a chairman of a, of a junior club, that I could say, I'm going to get rid of this manager. I'm going to get rid of you. So not only have you have you cost your team points, you've also cost yourself a position managing the team and something that you love to do because the aggregating factors, what aggravating factors which they put in, are talking about um, the severity of the offence. The club has not removed the individual who committed the offence, and the club has failed to take meaningful steps to address poor behaviour within the club. So that to That's me is saying, really well, helpful. we're not we're not going to accept it. So. This is this is unacceptable that we're at this stage that your player, your coach, has either physically or verbally abused a referee. So you're going to get a six-point deduction. If you don't get rid of him or you don't stop it, we're going to give you 12 points reduction. But if you do get rid of him because he's a, this guy's a problem, we know he's a problem, he's caused problems in the past, we'll reduce it to three. That, to me, is is out of everything that we're reading today, that to, that, that to me is the biggest message to say that I am, or we are, as a collective, not accepting this any any longer. And what we're doing is, we're promo- we're going to promote it and reduce fines or increase not fines points or increase them based on your reaction and how you treat it. And I think this it gives the clubs the power then to say not only are we going to lose points, but you're going to lose doing what you love. And if you leave my club because I sack you because you've been abusive either physically or verbally to a referee. And it happens because I get it as a chairman where new coaches or players move across. Why has he left you? Has he been a problem? Yeah, he has. Mm. This is why. Because he, mm. he's been assaulting referees verbally or physically. And then they might say, well, I don't want you here either. And then before you know it, you're not going to you know, you're not gonna be able to continue doing what you love. So I think that, from what I've read today, was, was a big one for me to say that yeah. actually the severity of what you're going to get as a club will, will be kind of determined a little bit about how you react to the incident, which I thought were really powerful. No, I, I agree. I agree. And, 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 and like, I think even you've took on an interesting take there because if he does go to another club, that club's going to go on going a minute. Yeah. We don't want you coming here. We're top of the league. We don't want, whereas historically, oh, you know, the referee was out of order or, the, oh yeah, yeah, those referees are all rap, all crap or whatever. And I think that's another tool that can move with the person. And I think when, when the system all gets you know, it all settles down and how they connect all the dots together for other teams through the whole game system or whatever way they do it. I think I think that's a really interesting point you made there, mate, of passing on the responsibility. And one of the, the when when I put all this paper together, and I know I know the FA were looking at other things, was this makes the team and the club take accountability for who they sign. I've said yeah. it for ages. Yeah. When they said about the captain, there was a big thing about the captain can only put the referees, which I sort of get. But other captains are a pain in the ass. Yeah. 
They're absolutely worse than anybody. And one and one of the things I used to say to him during the game, if a captain is is really being the problem, being being the problem, you say, listen, listen. If I'm going to do, if I'm going to caution you, who else do I talk to to manage you? And he start, he or she starts realizing, oh my God, he's thinking about it. He's he's for real because you're not listening to me. I need someone else to manage you. And I think what happens is important. I've always said this to clubs. Clubs need to be aware of who they have as their captain and what position they're in. If you've got a real wily bloke or, or girl, obviously, who's who's a, a bit cute now, you think, and they're sent in midfield, and they're in the referee's ear all the time. You show sure about that ref or well played ref, great spot, great tackle, well done, blah, 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 blah. all the Then when he or she goes, hey ref, are you sure they? You know how many is that? And, but if you got the opposite, and you've got someone that's going, hey ref, every time, every time, every time, every time, and you can't escape that person because they're in the centre mid, and you're always going to be within earshot. I always say, just think about your captain. If you're going to be adamant about a captain who's who's like that, have him as a right back. I'm, think, back. I'm thinking about mine already. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you have them in the middle of the park, if you have them in the middle of the park and you can't escape them and they're a pain in the ass, it's highly likely you're going to get nothing. And yeah. he's, he or she's going to pick up loads of cheap bookings because he's just, the ref's just going to go, I'm bad enough for you. You're doing my head in. So I always think this accountability of who you are in the position, positions they are and how they behave. Clubs just need to be a bit more switched on about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, one of the things we we we're just moving this on a little bit about how you think differently is a lot of a lot of as you climb up to those levels you just mentioned, some of them have dugouts, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. And a lot of them is I go into clubs and I talk about this and advise them about it. If you've got a manager equally who's a who's a pain, can't shut up, is aggressive. Do you want him or her stood behind the lino in your dugout? Because a lot of them put the dugouts behind the lino. So the lino can't escape you. And if you're always in there, you, it, it's, it's same thing is going to happen with a lino. Put that together with a mouthy captain. You've got a recipe with disaster as a club, haven't you? <laughs> so, so I go to clubs and, and when I know some of these managers and I say to them, oh, I know what you're like. You're a nightmare, lads. If I was you, I'd swap your dugouts. <laughs> the, the the lino, give yourself a break. And it's these little nuances in, the, in, in refereeing and football where when you're looking at the bigger picture like we do, it's, it's our role to look at all the problems in it you put these little pieces in places sometimes you can see why games go wrong for, for clubs and why they pick up loads of bookings and why they yeah do you know what i mean and you get longer suspensions and big fines because they picked up six seven bookings it's 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 not that hard to put right and now having this in place making people more accountable for who they sign how they behave because you're going to lose points it's a huge huge plus yeah i never thought of that but i really didn't i always wanted it but i never thought of that do you know what it could do as well? Like I said, by putting the accountability back on the clubs, it it could, it could weed out certain individuals from the game if nobody mm. wants them. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, like I say, you know, I know this kid or um, whoever he moves on to because clubs talk, chairmen talk. I talk to other chairmen. I talk to other managers. You know, why are you moving on? You know, and they get by the by you getting older, and you get a rep. People know about you. People know about them bad players. People know who to avoid. They know who's going to be kicking off. As soon as you get that name, and it's not about covering a 60 quid fine. No, it's all right. He's a brilliant player. It doesn't matter that he's an absolute toss pot. He's a brilliant mm. player. We'll just pay a 60 quid fine. He can have his couple of games banned. He'll come back because he's that good. Well, now, nobody's going to be wanting them players. doesn't yeah. matter how good you are. If you're going to be... All that work that you put into a season, and, you know, I can only look at it from a grassroots level with the work that I put with my lads, that must intensify even more the higher up you go because obviously it becomes more and more serious, if you like. And it becomes money orientated in terms of when you get to the pro levels. Imagine putting all that work in, all that investment, for somebody to just blow it over, over just the way he behaves and the way he carries off, and you know verbally abusing a referee or even worse, shoving mm-hmm. or pushing or you know whatever else. Um, yeah, I, I just I just think it's really I just think it's really powerful that it's given the clubs a tool to say, Do you know what, we we ain't having it, we ain't having it at our club because. You carry on doing this, we're just going to keep getting losing points. And the more you do it, the more points we're going to lose. So, mm. I'm sorry, yeah. you need to go and find yourself another club. Good luck with that. And I think that could right. be really powerful. Let's be fair, Martin, you must be absolutely thrilled. You, I mean, you know, I know this has been a labor of love for you. Um, you've got to have had some part in it. You've obviously brought these things to the attention. You've got to be over the moon, mate. You must feel vindicated. No, no, I, I do, I do, if I'm honest. But you know what? I wrote to them the. Uh, 
a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes, conversations. And, and when the, the FA announced this new referee strategy, that's still yet to see the light of day, but it's still going on. Um, uh, the first thing I said is, what, you haven't got a strategy then? You've got a new one. <laughs> so, so, so they, they laughed at that. They, 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 they met me on Zoom, on Zoom and they consulted me and they put it all on paper. And one of them was this. This is, this is a while back. One, and it follows it up. And then when, when it went quiet, it's got to go quiet for the FA. I feel for them sometimes because the, the journey they've got to make in football, council members and all this sort of stuff they've got to do. I do feel for some of these people who want to bring positive change quicker. But I, but these little things are coming out. I hear there might have been a steering committee, a, a bit of a clandestine thing going on. And then and then when I when I started up in the ante with the club and the pep, even though people don't think it's, I did pep, and all the other, other, other ones started saying deduct points. And what happens is, like a lot of these people do on Twitter, particularly Twitter, is that the staff is calling me bonkers. There's a big account that's attached to Liverpool who was coming at me saying, you're deluded, it's never going to happen. Wow, loads of people <laughs> never going to happen. The FA want the money because don't forget, we've said the FA make money. I always said, if you take points away from clubs instead of pounds, you'll start having an effect. Can we... Here, um, we, are. here we are. Can we... Can we name this 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 Twitter account? <laughs> I don't want him because it, he's he's like I called him the uh, professional moaner, isn't I? Because he just seems to all he goes on about. I think I know. I think I know you mean. Actually, I think I've seen it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. he always moaning, and it's just laughable. And you know, there's another account that says, you know, one minute they're saying, "Oh, is that a penalty?" What they're saying is, "Let's let's all slag the ref off," because half of them's going to think it's not a penalty. Look what happened in the playoffs just now, where like. You know, loads of people saying that was never a penalty. You don't don't, don't like spoil that. that. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring you on to that in a bit. I, cause I, 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 yeah, because I want to I want to finish up on on obviously a little bit of football um, before we finish. Uh, obviously, uh, but I, I mean I mean I am really interested in it, about that one, which is why I want to I really want to pull your let's brain. Tap, on that let's one. tap this bit off then. But so to conclude this part of it, I believe just like body cams, that this is one of the most progressive, forward thinking things the FA's ever done for the protection of grassroots referees. Almost gives me goose pimples thinking that, you know, we're this little charity with no money. Our currency that we deal in is passion. And we're bringing about these changes. Whether the FA will never turn around and say, oh, well, actually, we sort of did listen to it because then it just gives us way too much credibility. But I don't care. I've always said, I don't care who gets the credence and the credibility for doing these changes as long as these changes happen. That's all I've ever wanted. But do you think... Sure. Sorry, one, mate. Body cam should have happened years ago. Now they're here. Brilliant. Game changer. Points deduction should have happened years ago. Now they're here. Let's give the FA the, the credit and the pat on the back they deserve for bringing in these changes. So fair play to them. Don't so, you know, we're talking about, um, and, I, and I'm not going to name the, the guests we've got lined up so far because they are really exciting, but one of them that you mentioned yourself earlier was Andy Ambler about mm. getting him on. Um, I hope we do get him on because I'd be really interested to know if there's a strategy behind the steps and whether it's whether they're going to try to you know slowly increase that, and why grassroots haven't been not grassroots junior football hasn't been included, because for me, if I'd have if I'd have got that news today that junior football were included in that, I'd have been absolutely blown away. Blown yeah, me away. too. Like, you me know too. what? That, super, but does it say it's not see? included, or does it just not mention it? Just not mention it. So, well, it's, so it might be included. And, yeah, and, and it'd be interesting to see what we get between now if we can get Andy on, and and I think. Um, why wouldn't sure. he? You know, why why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't and, he? Surely, surely junior football is the easiest one to integrate into, surely. Surely it yeah, is. Yeah, and, and I think one of the problems the FA's got is that a lot of problems come from the parents. They were not yeah. classed as participation participation yeah. of the game. Yeah. All the regulations are around being a participant, be it a ref, be it an assessor, be it a player, be it a coach, be it whatever. A chip. You become, when you sign up for a club, you're regulated through their affiliation as, as a participant. Well, yeah, we we have for, for us. We do have some club rules, and I I make it a, a big thing for me to when we get new teams in, um, especially younger teams with new parents that never done it. I make it a thing that I call a team meeting that I hold with all the parents to tell them how to act, how to behave, how how they should be on the sideline, and how they shouldn't be. Um, and I'm not I'm not scared to bring that up, and I, and I've done it when I've ref games, younger games. We had a an under seven game not so long back. And uh, one of the parents was just just too much, and I stopped the game and I said, "This has got to stop." She wasn't particularly abusing me, but she was giving a kid so much shit basically that he didn't know whether you were walking left or running right. And I said, "You know, I, I refer back to you down here to encourage and support and to cheer on. Absolutely not instruct. 
absolutely not instruct. If you're instructing on one side and coaching instruction on the other side, especially a kid, a kid of that age, you're just going to totally confuse them. So mm. in terms of how they behave in that regard, as well as, you know, I won't have um, coming in and arguing with referees and, and what have you. I just won't have it as a club. And I think if there is an issue with referees, because you're going to get it. No referee's perfect, and I believe in any in any profession, and that doesn't matter whether you fly planes or you, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a bus driver, whatever. There's good and bad. There's there's really good people that are really good at the job, and there's ones that are not so good at the job. And you're going to fall on that every part of your life, right? Some are going to be absolutely amazing at what they do. Some are going to be shit. Just because somebody's trained up to be a train driver or some, I don't know, firefighter, don't we say they're going to be as good as the person next to them? So if there is a problem with that referee, leave it to the coach to, to sort that out. And, and I don't mean by going over and abusing the referee. You know, there's times when I've just said to refs, ref, can I just have a word? Just me and you, just so I can understand what's going off. And that's the right way to manage things, not mm-hmm. parents screaming and shouting and, and going off. So I think as a club, it's, it's important that you manage that. And, you know, for us, and I think Wayne will back me on this, we're massive on this. I mean, we have Absolutely. must be only grassroots junior club that has parent liaison officers in each age group, you know, to deal with <laughs> this kind of stuff. Great, um, great. Because I, I truly believe in it. You know, come and support your kids. You're going to get frustrated. That's football, you know. But you can't. Doesn't mean because you're frustrated and that it's the ref's fault. You know, it's it's not always that case. It might be sometimes, but let the coach deal with it, not you. So, 100%. are we wrapped up on that? Can, we, can I go to the next one? Go on, man. Yeah. I'll yeah, let yeah. you. Oh, is, yeah, it, is there anything you want to add, Martin? Because you look like you want to add something. No, no. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just impressed the way how you, you talk about things like that. I'm both of you, both of you. The way you do so much with your football club is, you know, we we need more people like you too, and and to, to get hold of it and and do what you're doing to increase that positive environment and. And, and 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 I think this is another tool where you can say the good people of the football could say, do you realise your behaviour could lose us the league? These kids are coming out here in the freezing cold, and your mouth could lose them their league or whatever. Yeah. And then I think as you go lower down in the football, they don't even have leagues, do they? At certain levels of football, but under yeah, from you know what I mean? so there's got to be sort of this threshold where, but but the, the point is, the the behaviour of your of a parents, you've got a tool now as a chairman to say, do you do you realise you you could lose us points? Because your behaviour, yeah. Do you do you realise that? And I just think that sort of like that that sort of like like I said, another tool in the toolbox can work for us. So yeah, that's how I'd, I'd, yeah. again just just fair round of applause for the FA. Yeah, absolutely. Those are our days. I really agree. I'm Martin. I'm Martin. I'm Martin. <laughs> um, so so this brings me on, right? As, as I mean, that was that was a good half an hour. And I'm hopefully we cleared up, cleared it up a little bit for you. Uh, no doubt we're still going to get a little bit of abuse on social media, but I'm starting to I'm starting to get a bit of it. Before I go to the abuse part, I just want to touch on what we finished with last week, um, which <laughs> I'm laughing because I've got a name wrote down here, and there were a, there were a tweet came through. Imme- I mean, immediately as it happened, we were actually recording a podcast last week, and I'm like, we don't, it's, it's going off while we're recording the pod. We've actually no idea. Give us a minute, you know. But anyway, I'll come on to that in a minute. We had a talk about relegation, and the only oh, one to yeah. get it right was you, Mr. Baker. Indeed it was. Gloaty moment. Go me. Go I, Fair play. Fair play. I honestly thought at nil-nil at half-time, these were my words, if it's nil-nil at half-times, Everton's asses are going to nip and they're going to blow it. And they didn't blow it. And I'm... Uh, do you know what? I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm quite happy the way they stayed up. I love, I love Merseyside derbies. They're good. Um, but I, I, the, 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 the amount of times Everton have dropped... Have, have, not dropped on the final day of the season is mad. So I just want to I just want to get your thoughts on. I mean, Southampton shocking. Leeds, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to see them stay in the division, they weren't good enough. But Leicester and Everton, two other big clubs as well. And and were you shocked? Um, and do you think it's the right three to go down? I'm well, not shocked at all because I told you it was going to happen. Well, yeah, Mr. Wayne there, he nailed it, didn't he? <laughs> I think, um, like I said, in it, uh, <coughs> want them to go down, Everton? No, because I think they deserve to be up. Would it be good for them to go down? Yeah, yeah. And of course, I was with Evertonians at the, at the weekends. I've never seen anyone looking so nervous in my life watching the match for a long time. And of course, <laughs> we're, we're right by the ground, so we can hear them. We can hear the ground as well. We can hear the fans. I've never heard anything like it. I must admit. And and so so yeah, I I, I think that's right for them to go down. 
I don't know if there was any records at Leicester. You know, has anyone won the league and gone down in... Ten years, is it? Yeah, I think it was nine years. Was it nine or mm-hmm. ten? But has anyone ever done that? that, that, that no. That, but that would, this is, do you know what? That, that's a really good question. Would you rather have been in the top five like Everton have for all these years? I know they've won titles in that time. Or over the last ten years, would you have rather gone down, popped up, won a Premier League and gone back down? What <laughs> would you rather do? I know. I know. I know. It's interesting, isn't it? And I think, I think when you look at the stadiums as well, and then you think, oh, my God, gluten's coming up. I know. I know. Oh, guys, have seen that joke about um, can't wait for Luton next year for VAR, for the ref to go in someone's house and watch it on Sky. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, yeah, we, couldn't, we couldn't do VAR because the blinds were closing. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, that, I think that's, that's the beauty of football, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, look at the grounds that aren't going to be there. You know, know. Leicester Stadium, whatever mm-hmm. that's called now. Walker's Chris, no, no, it's called something else. Um, called? Oh, King called. Power Stadium. King, King Power, yeah, that's King it. Power, yeah. Stadium. And then you got Ellen Rose, absolute legendary stadium. Southampton, right, St Mary's, a new one. Still, still a hell of a setup down there at St Mary's. Always. It was still called St Mary's. And then and then we have Luton's, Luton coming up, which is like, yeah. where does that happen in the world? So I was happy, I was happy for either of them. I didn't I, I really didn't didn't care who came up. I was I was excited to get one of them to yeah. up. Opposed to and I'm really sorry if you're a Middlesbrough fan or uh, a West Brom fan, just yo-yoing all the time. I, I'm looking forward to somebody different coming up. So um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. I, I'm I'm happy with that. But li- this leads me on. And do you know honestly, I was absolutely pissing myself last week when I got off this pod. Because I was putting it together. And I was editing it and getting it all sorted out. And my phone kept beeping off. So I thought, oh, I'll have a look. And there was <laughs> there was some guy, Martin, coming proper at you, proper at you about this um, Pep Guardiola incident. <laughs> and saying, ask him, just ask him. Ask him what's happening. What does he do? You know, the way they were typing, you could see that they've got the phone. And they're just smashing. You're going to ask him, ask him. No, I, I reckon he typed it with the head. I reckon he <laughs> was head putting the keyboard. <laughs> So, because I'm like, give us a minute. We've only just recorded the pod, we don't even know it's gone off. So, um, I went and had a look at it. And, you know, you're going to tell me, you might tell me something different here, but I thought it was nothing. Maybe maybe he shouldn't have done it, but I think he could see he wanted to do it and he kind of like stopped himself and it just became a little bit. And, I, don't, I just don't know what I feel of it. I don't know whether I feel it was a bad thing or a good thing. I, I can't see anything but the comedy side of it based on all the abuse you were getting of <laughs> weren't even watching it. I know, I know. And I think I think a lot of it is, if it, was, if it wasn't Pep Guardiola and, and you know, it hadn't got so, so big about Klopp, but when I picked on Klopp, I don't think anyone would have mentioned it, but no. you get all these Liverpool fans and remember I'm one of them. And what about them? You <laughs> don't <laughs> you just think, how old are you, lads? How old are you? And then John with six followers has a come at me and says, I want you to answer me. You're scared of me, John, with six followers. Listen, mate, come back when the end double figures. And I think I think it's that sort of like, I won't be able to go out and answer people like this and say, well, when they come at you, yeah, you're this, you're corrupt, you're this, you're never going to do it. Someone comes a bit more considered. I'll always answer them when they've got 10 followers or 20,000 followers. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what, that's what not, is not out there. And that's what I always wanted to create, particularly when clubs are going, look, and what happened to me, you know that happens at our club, but it didn't happen on the telly, and vice versa. And I just think, I think there's 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 a piece there to be able to do it. I, I, there's this thing I've always had in my head that I did when I was coaching a, a loads of referees for the academy for the FA, called the Ref Doctor, where someone comes in with a problem. Uh, this happens to me. Or, you know, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We talk about it called the Ref Doctor. I mean, it, it happens. There was a, a referee called Lee Probert who did the FA Cup final hold against Arsenal. Top top class referee, mate of mine, works over in the UAE now. In Dubai for the UAE FA, and he comes down to as a guest speaker because a lot of these Premier League lads go, give their time up free to come down on Sunday afternoon and, and give the time to referees. And it was absolutely pissing down with rain, and we couldn't go outside and do a practical session. So we just thought, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're in a place called Columpton in Devon. Shout out to Columpton, great club. <laughs> and um, so we just, I just pulled the chair out and said, right, everyone here in this room has got to get on that chair, face Lee, and Tell them what's wrong with your game. You've got this as a corner positions, is it? And and people tell me off because you know the caution technique or and all those little nuances of, of football. What the referee? No one will ever really think of unless you're a referee. How are doing yellow cards? 
how I talk to players, me whistle tone, you know, do I blow for, for corners, obvious corners, do I not? You know, all these little things that people might never, ever think of. Mm. You can sit down and talk, and every single one of them stood up and said, look, all from simple little things. What do you know what? Do you know what? That, that's really good, actually. We could have a feature on this pod called Ask Mark. Ask Mark. Mark. Seriously. <laughs> we could, seriously, if people are struggling, we could, I could collate them each week. And give you the best ones, and you could you could give them the answer. I think yeah, that's really good. Like, mate, mate, one of the things we, I used to do on a previous podcast, and there's a lad called Nathan from the third team. He's got a really good um, thing he does. It's a it's, it's a business. It's his job really about mental health. He does loads on mental health. Fantastic guy, autistic ref. So he has had his challenges being on ITV over autism. He's agreed to come on, and and he he did this with me. He started doing it with me, and he just say right. What about this? And then I'd go back to them and say, okay, what about this? And we always had these discussions, a practical side of it, which you know, could be called Asmart or the ref doctor, whatever. And, and one of them, I, I said to them, do you pay attention to what foot a player kicks his ball with? Do you pay it? And they were like, well, not really. And I said, well, you really need to pay attention to what, how a player is delivering a ball at every level of football, even down to coaching. When I would go to an extent where, I, where the, the lads I would coach and girls, I would say, watch the goalkeeper warming up and how he, what foot he kicks the ball with. Because guarantee, if that ball gets played back to him on his wrong foot, any attacker with their salt's going to close him down. No one has got to take an extra touch. If it's on his good foot, he's just going to clear it. So, and pros do it, man. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. I wanted to take an extra yeah, touch. Yeah, to yeah. And he's, he'd be on top of him. And so what, what that would do is a referee, you're switched onto that. And you can see it's going on to his wrong foot with these positions. You start running just in case something happens and you, you, you takes an extra touch or you might foul him or, and you're right on the spot. And that can go to free kicks, to corners. To all of it. If someone's on the, taking a corner on the right of the goal and he's doing it with his left foot, you can almost guarantee that's going to go near post. Almost yeah. guarantee it's going to go near post. And mm. the second ball is important. So there's those little things that people should never think of that. That's why we like to help those those little things for, for new referees and so that's that's the first um, that's the first ref doctor uh, bit of advice there for you this week. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to get you a, a question next week. In fact, I'm going to ask our young ref Luke um, for uh, a question that you can help him with, and we'll get, we'll, get we'll ask you that next have week. It, have a look at it. So coming on, sorry, have, have I cut you off again? No, no, no. Oh. It's, it, I just think it's good, and anything that helps anybody, you know. Uh, you're always going to get the smart asses to go, VAR, VAR. What did you talk about with your thinking VAR, for God's sake? Do you know what I mean? Our VAR, we've always been against, is violence against referees. That's been the only VAR we've ever been against. And so we sort that out and we'll, we'll, we'll do everything else. So, yeah, mate, mate, let's go with it. Let's go. Right then. This is not a ref doctor question. This is me really, I'm going to, I'm putting you on the spot here. Does a decision, doesn't matter what decision yet, does a decision have more weight behind it, or should I say, should it have less weight behind it based on the um, significance of the occasion? So what I'm saying is a tackle that is in a grey area, should it be deemed less of a tackle if it's in a final than it being in a normal league fixture, let's say? That's so my by the Barnsley. Don't, don't, lead, I... don't lead on to it, just answer me that first. <laughs> no, no. This 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 is this is a bigger conversation. I think we could spend the whole pot on. This is equal to like people asking for consistency during the game, yeah, and then saying to a ref, "Oh, come on, ref, it's only his first one." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Do you I, see what I mean? Yeah. 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 One minute, our oh, ref, it's a derby. Final, <laughs> it's his first one. He's broke his leg. <laughs> He's just <laughs> yelling first. He's first. He's normally good lad. It is, it is, it is about Barnsley, and um, I had loads of my mates yesterday, or, or Wednesday fans, who went down to Wembley to watch the game, and uh, there was a massive um, argument both on. I've got like a personal lads chat and a coaches chat, and uh, it was split down the middle. Hmm. And for me, I I said I thought the red card was a yeller. I thought it was reckless, not dangerous, yeah. and I thought that given the the magnitude of what it was that I think the referee, and you can, you can correct me now, I'm happy to take that, should have maybe on that occasion given it. I think if he'd have looked at the monitors, I think he might have given a yellow. Because even though it was high, 
I don't think it, I, I don't think well he didn't connect with the ball or the player really it was his tra- it was a trailing leg that connected and I thought that it was a harsh decision I thought it was harsh personally so but you're the expert well you can both have your opinion but well I, I disagree I, with I think you it should have been yellow I disagree with you I think if you see it as careless or reckless or excessive if you've seen it as any of those three then you penalise accordingly and it doesn't matter. What reckless, arena reckless you're in. Is a yellow, reckless is a yellow card, not a red. Yeah, no, I said if you've seen it as oh. careless, reckless, or excessive, whichever of those three you see it as, you penalise accordingly, regardless of the situation. Which is right, and that's what he's saying. But listen, I, I, I do the other side of it because I've been both sides of me. Is I'm does the occasion I... does answer me the first part? You're getting like a politician here. Does the occasion matter? <laughs> no, really. No, no. I think sometimes. I remember going back to watching um, a, a playoff a few a few years ago uh, with a, a client of mine. Who, they're not clients anymore, but still good friends. Boreham Wood. Boreham Wood played Tramia in the uh, playoff final at Wembley. Massive achievement for Boreham Wood. Um, you know, fan base about 400, but, you know, they've got a really good business set up behind it with an academy, one of the best um, educational academies in the country for... 16 to 18 year olds and and the chairman puts loads into the club so i went there as his guest and i think it was um neil someone the referee can't remember second name football league ref now he sent someone off after about 36 seconds really yeah in the playoff to go up to the football league <laughs> neil. was it sending off yeah absolutely but there was the body language told you everything that he was no way he was going to do anything else other than that which goes mm. back to to what wayne just said and i think Sometimes you don't have time to think, uh, uh, is this a semi-final or a final? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a real you know, so, It doesn't happen that way. If anything, right, you so, so, so the challenge for you then, the challenge for you, Defo. was it a yellow or was it a red? Defo red. Really? Red. Mate, honestly, what are you doing as a player? Here we are, look at that game. What a, what a, what a high-level game to have. What are you doing making a stupid, unnecessary tackle like that as a player? First of all, why are you putting yourself in a position to make the referee make a decision? What are we going to get out of it? And do you know what else happens a lot? And maybe you can look at this in more detail because you're, you're, you're very much a forensic guy. You know, you think a lot of these things happen wide on the pitch, wide, where there's nothing going on. You don't often see them right in the middle of the centre circle, do you? They're always wide with the... the no, no, I've, I've, the I've never really thought about that, but, but that, that is really interesting because there's I've lost danger from the wide areas. Yeah, it's always done the wide, those stupid little... They stop the throwing going in, or the, and then they, they might take his their throw, and they'll have a go picking the ball up. and then, It's all nonsense. What was really interesting about that for referees listening was, was the referees' carding technique. I mentioned the aliens and I were about what we think about referees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ref and again, people won't see the nuances of how these... These are experts, trust me. They might all think they're crap because they give their teams down all. But he, I knew by looking at him, he was going to bin him because he walked around the group of players and he stood wide by the touchline and just pointed at the thing. He's off the pitch, straight away, off the pitch. Tunnel's just there, bang on. Imagine if he hadn't been thought about it, he's got to walk through players the other side and then walk off. And makes it, It's that sort of technique, right. that sort of thought processes would never probably be noticed by anyone outside the refereeing game. So it's I quite knew, easy, isn't it? Yeah, I knew straight away. He walked around the other side of the wall and called him to him and just said, up off the pitch. He had about five yards to go over the pitch. Yeah, so opposed to doing it on the middle of the pitch and causing an, another massive for all. Yeah, uh, around, where, where, where. So you're taking him to where, where you, yeah. you kind of want him to be. Um, all right, then. So I, I, I reckon I lose that one then, two to one. Uh, if I'd have been reffing, <laughs> I'd have reffed the occasion and he'd have got a yellow. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd have felt sorry Brilliant. for the kid. But listen, Brilliant. before that, right, and I've got a real I've got I've got a real issue with this. A real issue with it. That the challenge, now if any Barnsley fans are listening, they're gonna go mad at me because I I'd have to see it again. I only watched it a couple of times. But my initial reaction was does kicking the underside of somebody's foot make them fall over? Hmm. Does it? Because in my experience, I very rarely, when I used to play, got kicked on the other side of the foot. And if I did, it wouldn't have made me fall over. So there's loads of challenges that happen in a box where you make contact with players. They're still pulling shirts. They're still pushing. They're still pulling. 
They're still ragging them around the neck. They're still kicking. There's, there's loads goes off in the box. If you watch, especially corners, you watch it. I don't know how they get away with half it that they do. Obviously, because there's just too much to see. I imagine he kicks. I, I, I'm sure it was on the side of his foot, not his leg. But even if it, to me, that's not going to bring him down in the same way as if he shoulders him. It's not going to bring him down. Same way as if he, if they're pushing each other, it's not going to bring them down. So when I yes, you could probably say it should have been a penalty because he kicked him and he didn't get the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. For me, how many times do you see physical contact in the box and the players don't go down? You don't call for a penalty for it. You only call for a mm. penalty when you go down. Now, I think he did fall down, but I think he fell down because he felt the kick and he thought, oh, I'm going to fall. So it's a little bit of, for me, it's a little bit like, I've, I've seen one against, and Martin, I'm not sure if you remember this, Liverpool had one against them last season against, or last season, not season before, away at Brighton. And it was Andy Robertson who kicked underneath and Danny Welbeck's foot. And Danny Welbeck did a ballerina dance to the floor and he kicked, he literally tapped the underside of his foot. And, I'm th- and I played football, I'm thinking, if somebody kicks me under the foot, I'm not going to fall on the floor. That's the last thing I'm going to do. So it, it was, I felt really, I felt we'd been done by Danny Welbeck because if, if, if there'd have been any other physical contact, I'm not talking excessive, he wouldn't have gone down. And I, and I always felt that were a soft penalty. So when I looked at that one, I'm thinking, he's kicked the underside of his foot. All right, maybe it can be classed as a foul. But at the same time, if let's say let's say he'd been running through, he'd have got the ball first, and he'd have, he'd have kicked it, and then he'd have carried on, and because the ball was in front of him, he wouldn't have fallen down because he's seen a, a goal scoring opportunity, and he'd have scored. There wasn't a goal scoring opportunity. He fell to the floor, and I don't I don't know. For me, I, I just I'm not the certain contacts that I, free kicks, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but that's that's my opinion. <laughs> Standing by it today. What do you reckon, Wayne? I reckon he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I'd have been if I'd have been refing for that game yesterday, Barnsley wouldn't have had a penalty, but they wouldn't have got a band sent off either. So they're probably won eleven v eleven. A lot of a lot of them neglected that they were play, ten men, Mister Sitter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's never yeah. ever important. That's never ever important. And I yeah. I I I sing your comment. <laughs> I love following you on Twitter because <laughs> way it's just. It's amazing. And sometimes I want to stick up for him. I thought, nah, he's got it. He's got it. He's just got it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <Somebody> <laughs> to me, somebody said to me this morning, it was like playing FIFA on your computer and you press long pass instead of shoot. Because <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> I, I, I really want the Wednesday Twinks. I had a lot of mates doing it. And, you know, I'm getting to that mature age of my life now where I like my mates when I have a good day opposed to just ridiculing them all the time and giving them abuse. So I was like, you know, I've been to Wembley with Liverpool. I've been beat at finals with Liverpool. Chelsea, I think it was 2012 when Dan Gleeson was managing. And I had to come home. I went on my own as well. And it was just like, I know what it feels like. So I want them to win and have a good day. So I really want the Wednesday to win. But when I seen him go through, I'm like, they're going to lose this now. And <laughs> the shot, I'm like... I, I can't even explain it. And you made a really good point, Martin, because you said, "What about the chance that you missed in in, in extra time?" And is, is that the ref's fault as well? You know, you failing to see yes. that the players made a mistake. To, but you're not looking at the player; you're looking at the other the, the ref for sending him off or not giving yeah. you a penalty. Yet when he missed that opportunity, it was, was well into extra time, and um, it, it, I mean, it was one. It, it one. It was probably one on half because the keeper was nowhere near. No. So. Yeah, anyway, yeah, well, anyway, thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm with you on it. And, and I think one of, one of the important things to remember about simulation diving and everything else, you can have contact and still dive. Yeah. People just think, oh, it's got his contact. Oh, he hasn't dived. He hasn't dived. Mm. There's probably more simulation happens when there is contact yeah. than no contact at all. You know, you, you touched on, on an interesting point. Drogba was a, was a genius at it. Drogba. I even remember him playing against, against Liverpool. For Marseille, he signed, Chelsea signed him for Marseille, didn't he? Played yeah. in Europe and, and he destroys Liverpool both legs at Marseille. I was thinking, oh my God, what a player he is. If he had a chance of scoring, no one could take him to the ground. Nobody. If he knew it, he might have just a heavy touch and it's got to be further, he'd go down in those areas yeah. where the Lampard's going to take the free kicks and all these other people take the free kicks. That's part of this as well. That's part of this. And, and, and the coach that way, aren't they? And I think it's unfortunate that. Everyone says, oh, if he stays up, he's not going to get it. I think the game's going that way to, to recognise that. We will still get, get it if you, do, if you do stand up. And I think, I don't know how quickly we're going to get there, but the way I would web is changing the mentality of how these referees think. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if next season we're seeing penalties for people who, who normally would go down 
to get a penalty, but they've stayed up and still got the mm. penalty. Really? I can see that. Yeah, I can see that happening because, you know, you shouldn't have to go down to get a penalty. Just, do you know what I mean? No. You know, fouls are foul, isn't it? And I think what going on corners and all that grabbing and, and holding and all the other stuff that goes on, there's a good point when you say, look, so much of it goes on, who, who, who do you pick on? But if you remember Howard Webb, that bit him in the ass. I think it was Croatia, Belgium or someone, where um, he gave like an 89th minute penalty for a corner. It happened all the game and they hadn't seemed to do anything. And then he no, did, it, did in a, it in a, in a World mm-hmm. Cup of Euros. I think I might do the World Cup. I think it's 2010 when he got the final. I'm not sure. Uh, and he got battered for it, death threats for it. Because it was, I think it was 89th minute. I can't, re- I can't remember the death threats that he got. I can remember reading about that, but I can't yeah. remember. I it was Croatia. I'm sure it was Croatia. Yeah, I That's can't remember who it was. But I can remember in the, the Russia World Cup when they, they clamped down on it and they were giving penalties away left, right, and centre for contact in the box. Yeah. And because the, the, then all the defenders were shit scared of doing it, you're seeing loads of headed goals. And I love headed goals. One of my favourites. <laughs> and you're seeing like, like, just keep this going. Keep, <laughs> just keep it going. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think... Um, I know you've got to get off shortly, Martin, so I think this is probably a good time for us to, to wrap it up. Um, before we do, um, I want to do as usual plugs for us again in terms of getting at us on the social media. We're at everywhere now, and it's all the same name. Uh, it's at the ref pod. So it doesn't matter if you're on. I haven't really used TikTok very much. I've got no idea what I'm doing with it, uh, mm. but I'm on there. Not that I posted. Uh, Instagram, that's picking up. Twitter's picking up pace. Facebook slightly getting there a little bit. So go follow us on there. We are on 99% now of um, your podcast platforms, such as Spotify and... Um, do you know the are we on Deezer? Might be on Deezer, I'm not sure. Um, but the only one we're not on at the minute is Apple, and that's not because we're not allowed. It's just I'm waiting for Apple to, to um, green light it can take up to three weeks. So if you're an Apple, I know we've had a few people say, I listen on Apple. Uh, I can't, I can't get it on there. Apparently you can get us on Alexa now as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I have seen. I've seen, I've only ever done one podcast that that was part of what I was doing before. And that, then that, that, and that was, that was good. This is definitely having more traction than anything else I've done. Yeah. It's, it's, know, been... I, it's been unbelievable. Uh, the, 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 engagements we've had and messages about it. people haven't spoke to you for ages since I was listening to podcasts and that's brilliant I can't wait for the yeah. next one yeah. Yeah, a called, yeah. there's a bloke called the running ref from America don't even see him he's, he's, he's I quite... saw him comment a few times on, um, on your social he sent me a message from Mexico someone already in Mexico said I'd love to come on can I come on on your podcast and so when you got people asking you to come on your podcast that's after, yeah. after, after episode one Tells me that this this blend of what we've got is yeah I think I think it's going to go far and I I have I had like uh, one of my best pals has messaged me and he gave me some really really positive feedback and he's been he's been with me kind of on the journey when I was on radio when I did um, when I did another podcast that I did and he said this is after one episode as well he said this is the best you've ever done he said the content and how you put it together even though it was the first one and we didn't really have that much to talk about <laughs> did we really we were just kind of filling people up Wing with it. how good we were. Yeah, um, whereas this one today, I feel like we've absolutely nailed this one today in terms of what we're talking about. There's some really mm-hmm. in-depth information. That no, we've agenda, made no agenda either. It's all just nope. come from one conversation. No, That's no agenda. No, no agenda whatsoever. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's a good start. And as well as the podcast, we had nearly as many people, believe it or not, watch it on YouTube as listen to it. Oh, which really? is Yeah, which Fantastic. is which is really, really good. So thank you for tuning in and looking at us three ugly... Listen, Thank also, you. I wouldn't mind just saying, in case we don't get one in before the weekend, <laughs> isn't it the FA Cup finalist weekend? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, the Manchester Derby. What, you want in predictions? Well, <laughs> I'm like, I've never wanted Man United to win any game at all, ever, ever. Maybe against Everton, but um, I sort of want City to do the treble, because I know that's going to really piss off the United fans, because they do the treble. But I, I sort of don't want them to do the treble. And then, but if they don't do the treble, Man United wins the FA Cup. So from a Liverpool fan's <laughs> point of view, I'm just like, but being someone who went down to that amazing, the first ever FA Cup final Liverpool Everton, went down there with Everton fans because a relative of mine was playing for Everton at the time, Dave Watson. Really? And yeah, 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 yeah. And I was in the Everton end. And the experience of that day where the city comes together is unbelievable. Mm. 
and and fair play to Manchester. I know this is going to sound ridiculous, Mother Scout. Do you do you think though that Manchester's as united as Liverpool as a city? Well, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I think um, it's changing with Liverpool. Everton, it's a lot more. Yeah, a lot more aggressive, not a lot as friendly more as it. Than it used to be. Yeah, I don't know what's causing that, but it's never ever. You know, this this lovely painted picture of Liverpool Everton's Abbey days is no trouble. You know, go to town after the game with Liverpool's Abbey and you might have a, a different opinion. But I think football's like that everywhere. But I would like to think that uh, as a city, Ma- Manchester has, has come together because some terrible things have happened to that city. Yeah. Like yeah. back to the Munich Air disaster, which you know what terrible, though? terrible. And, not, and, and to the Manchester Arena. They're not, they're not going to come together. I, I'd like to think they would. <laughs> they're not, I'd like Martin, Come out of Disney World, Martin. Come back here. That ain't happening. <laughs> ain't happening. No. Wayne, well, what's your prediction? I uh, 3-1 City. Really? Yeah. Can I tell you where I stand as a Liverpool fan? Yeah. I want City to absolutely smash Man United. I don't want Man United to win a thing, not even a baked bean. Um, and, but then, <laughs> I, want them, I want Manchester City to go to Istanbul. And I want Inter Milan to absolutely smash <laughs> Man City. And that, that outcome will be the oh only way God. that I will enjoy a footballless summer. Let me tell you. That you is do realise that the people of Manchester that will never listen to this podcast again. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but look, at least I'm honest with you. Right? I don't care what City win. It's a club built on quicksand, um, as, as the famous words of Mr. Simon Jordan. And I truly believe it. And... Um, of course, I'm jealous of the money they're spending. At the same time, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want us to work that way. Although I would like us to spend a bit more money, but I don't want Manchester City to win a baked bean. No, Manchester United to win a baked bean. Nothing. Zip. Right. Nada. I'd like to get relegated. To be honest, I'd like to see a <laughs> tumble down to step seven and have to have te- points deductions when Bruno Fernandes cheeks the ref or pushes a linesman. That's where I want to see Manchester United. Oh so, well, listen, listen. I've got to make sure my Everton fans, City fans, trust me. There's a lad who goes down my local where I drink in Western Supermare. I've uh, been drinking there for, for 14 years on a Friday. We, big group of us. But one lad there who, who, who goes to every city game on one away abroad a lot. It's an older lad, brilliant fan. I've got another really good friend called Well Done Dave. Bit of a story to him. <laughs> who's a massive, massive city fan. We'll talk about what Well Done Dave one day. So, And I've got another lad who, when Liverpool won the league, he was always giving us loads about, you know, never win the league. And when we did, he come over and sat at me at the bar and he bought me two pints. He goes, I want to buy you well, two pints, I want to buy you two because when we won the league twice when I seen you, you were like fair play, you were the best, you were the best, even though Scousers don't like Man United. And I think what I, what's spoiled, like every club's got them, every club we've seen it on Twitter, there's some really good people in football, no matter who they support. Mm-hmm. And I know we have this like city, oh, we get nicer or whatever, but... I know far more nicer Man United and Man City fans than the two horrible ones. And that's how I just want them to enjoy that day as a city. Oh, yeah. No, I don't get me wrong. I, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I don't, I don't dislike them at all. I, I dislike the club. Um, you know, like Man United ruined my youth. You know, I, I was... Ruined my youth. They did. I was, what? I was, when they won the first league, I'd have been, what, 11? And before that, it had been Liverpool. And obviously, I knew they got to experience that very much because, you know, I was too young to remember it. Although, my first ever game going to Liverpool was in 1990. Last home game of the season against Derby County. They won 1-0. Gary Gillespie scored the only goal. And they lifted the trophy that day. And Bruce Grobler was wearing a Mexican hat on the pitch. And that was my first ever visit to Anfield. So, as you can imagine, I was totally hooked. And then it were all downhill from there. <laughs> and Man United won the lot. Didn't Gary Gillespie get injured in the uh, warm-up of that? That uh, Merseyside FA Cup final. I'm sure he oh, got well, injured in the warm up the day before he never played. Gary Gillespie. I'm sure, I'm sure it was. Yeah. I liked him as a player. Funny little bit story before we go. Keith Gillespie, the Man United player, he he, he does a lot of stuff around here in Western Supermare. A lot of charity stuff. And, and my mate says, so I've, I've got him, I've got him coming here. Keith Gillespie coming to the um, to the Windsor, the Windsor Castle, Western Supermare. So I'll find someone. All right, I'll come down and have a chat about football. Ron Atkinson was another one. I've actually got Ron Atkinson's phone number. And he, uh, I did a gig, a few gigs with Ron Atkinson, uh, who actually is as bright as a button to this day. And anyway, I was having a pint. With, Can we get him uh, on? I, mean, I don't know. I might ask him. I might ask him. I know, I've done loads of stuff with him. Loads. Of, and actually, when I, I was at a do with him in Crete, uh, a 10-day do in Crete, and he had got me got me to one side. I was running all the referees. Got to one side. He said, hey, Scouts, he said, you want to win it? You want to win the league this year? And that was in about 
October, November. You're definitely going to win the league. And we said, it's good, good lads. A lot of people don't know. You, you do realise Ron Atkinson was born in Liverpool, don't you? No. Old Swan. Yeah, he's a scouser mm-hmm. by birth. Really? Like, yeah, yes. Yeah, so Google it. Old Swan is born in. Top, top lads. So when you go back to this Keith Gillespie, I'm in a pub with him and I'm, I don't even know. My mate Maz had to, had to stop me. I kept calling him Gary. <laughs> and I'm working in an hour. In an hour, I've been calling Keith Gillespie, Gary Gillespie. And he, and he was really nice. He never had the, he never had the, the you know, he was too nice to go, my name is Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Gillespie. And Keith Gillespie, the guy that played for Newcastle. Yeah, and Man United, big Man United lads, yeah. and Northern Ireland lads, Northern Ireland lads, yeah. cracker lads, really, really cracker lads, and um, yeah, so we, I've met far more nicer people associated with Man United than, than bad people. No, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't hate it, I said earlier, didn't I, that I want the Wednesday drink, so all my mates were going down, I want to see him do well, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'd, I've got nothing against them personally, this is, this is pure football rivalry in me, you know, I'm one of these in the ground. I'll be so wrapped up in it. I'll be either crying tears of joy or or I'll be absolutely like devastated. But yeah. on way Listen, out, soft lads, soft lads. I'm trying to throw you a rope to get out of that hole. <laughs> Dug for yourself. Take yeah, the rope. yeah, that's what I mean. But afterwards, I'll have a pint with you and have a laugh about it. In uh, but no, it's not nothing personal. I just I detest the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> the ru- my United ruined my childhood, mate. That's what I'm telling my my youth was ruined by Alex Ferguson and the treble winners and all that rubbish. Um, one of the things, one of the things I'm going to do, um, is why I wanted to mention this is, um, I put a thing out on Twitter, Ref Support Twitter and, and Facebook group, saying, did you referee or do the line in any part of the FA Cup this year? And loads of people have come. So what I want to do is I want to do a little interview with them about their journey of the FA Cup. Because the FA Cup, when it was on Saturday, Man United against Man City, two of the biggest clubs in the world. Lots of grassroots referees would be watching that. You're the fans all on telly. Mm-hmm. They did one of the earlier rounds as a lineup or as a ref, you know, in the pre-qualifying rounds or those yeah. early rounds. Yeah, that's a and really and ne- Never, ever gets recognised. Never gets recognised. So, so hopefully I'll be able to... Have you got some contacts or should we or should we put out there how they can get hold of us? Obviously, by the social media channels. That, uh, no, I've got them. The... I'll get hold of them. I, well, that's yeah. why I do okay. Because I didn't realise we do this podcast so quick. Well, I wanted—I was going to do it myself, but I thought, well, let's see if we can get all the sum. I can't think we'll do it before the weekend, but even if we could do it after the FA Cup, you've just had a nice FA Cup, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, this, they're all out there, and they've all said the game they've done, and there's some really, really, like, low level. Because, you know, the FA Cup means everything to these mm-hmm. lower, lower, you know, they could change the whole season. You know, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't, you know, you're right. And I'm sorry to cut you off there, but you, you've got, you've, I'm, I'm really into it now. And I'm, I'm going to have to bring this up, and I might bring it up after the FA Cup final, um, just about kickoff times. In fact, we are. We, I'm going to leave it on that one because it's a, it's a discussion that I did on a former podcast, and it was some. It was like my five tips or something to save the FA Cup. And I'd like to put them yeah. to you and see what you think because I think as a competition, it needs a bit of a kick up ass. And I had some really good ideas on how I thought that that could could be achieved, but we'll, I, we'll, that could mm-hmm. take me half an hour to go through. So. We'll leave that one for another day. So I'd like to very quickly just add something. If we can all just give a quick round of applause for Andre Mariner, who's announced his retirement today. So well done, oh, ref. That man. That man. I've got another story about Andre Mariner. He, he was, he was, I spent 10 days with him in Trinidad and Tobago on a PFA do. I remember I said that player, I couldn't remember his bleeding name. I was in his studio with Jim. Mickey. Mickey. Oh, fuck. What was his name? <laughs> oh, he was Mickey Gray. Mickey Gray, Mickey Gray, him. it was him, it was him, he was in the studio with, with us, and when I walked in, I said, all right, Mickey, and he started talking, and, and uh, I haven't gone back and listened to that, I must go back and find that, uh, I'm in the studio with him, and, and uh, as I'm talking to Jim Wise in adverts, so telling the story about me, <laughs> Mickey, and, uh, oh my God, me and my bleeding memory, Chelsea player, uh, oh my God, I can see his face and everything, anyway, they were, they were drunk, and they had a, the games weren't happening until the weekend at the Dwight York Stadium and Dwight York Stadium in Trinidad and Tobago or Tobago. And they all you know, the light, they're all mega competitive. So let's all have a sprint. Who's the fastest? And two of them pulled the hamstrings. What <laughs> 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 I remember about Mickey was that he was just a really good dancer. Really good dancer. So yeah, that, I don't know where I was going with that. That was going somewhere, but that, I remembered it was Mickey. Mickey Do you know, and, and, this, and I'll try to wrap it on this one. I had a massive, massive running with Mickey Gray on on Talk Sport on radio because we 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 literally it was the year we won 
the Champions League in what 2019, and we we got knocked out of the early early rounds of the FA Cup by I can't remember. It was shocking. I went to game. We got knocked out. It was shocking, and it were really going to town Liverpool. I mean, on Jurgen Klopp, really going to town on him. And I'd listened. I'd listened. I thought, do you know, what? I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm ringing up. I'm sick of this. I've had enough. So I got it. I got it on phone, and, and I can remember speak to the producer. And he said, "What? What do you want to tell Mickey?" I said, "I want to tell him how, how he's talking absolute shite, basically." Um, and I got and, I, and I've got I've got the interview somewhere. It's brilliant. And I absolutely and I don't care if he's listening. I put him in his box because he was saying Liverpool have got absolutely no chance of winning uh, the Champions League or the Premier League. And I, and I said to him, "Why?" Can you tell me, given what we're doing, the football we're playing, why we haven't got a chance of winning the Champions League? Because we have, and we can, and we did. And as soon as we did it, <laughs> I, I I didn't troll him, but I were all over Twitter, and he would not respond to me. And I kept, every time he said something, I just kept saying, well, Liverpool going to win the Champions League or what? And he never got back to me. And we had, Do you know, I was that good. My, my interview was that good. I they, was used to, they used to do, if it were, they used to do, <laughs> The Wixers caller of the day, and I got an hundred pound voucher. The Rami uh, <laughs> announced it on air, and he said, "We're giving the call of the day today to Wayne for for his conversation with Mickey Gray." And they give me hundred quid because I tied Mickey Gray in knots. Right. And then, and, and, and the biggest question is, what did you spend it on? Indeed, oh, I probably probably Mrs. probably spent that, mate. I've, I've got no idea. Hundred quid at Wix could have been paint. It could have been out, mate. Would <laughs> not worthwhile. Um, MDF skating, MDF skating. <laughs> but no, that that is the truth. I'll try and find that interview and I'll, and I'll share it because it our, our brilliant, our on fire. Brilliant. So, Listen. but anyway, that's going to wrap it off for today. Remember to follow us at the Ref Pod on all the social media. It's out there on on Spotify. It's on Alexa. It's on TuneIn. Uh, we're trying to get it up on Apple. That should be done soon. And it is um, on YouTube as well, which we had loads of people watch it last week. Spread it, share it, subscribe. Do what you need to do to stay in touch. And we might we might have another one this week. We're waiting on a guest and trying to get something sorted out. We've got more. We haven't. Martin has. Martin's got loads of guests lined up. Uh, I'm not quite sure we're going to fit him in all before Christmas, but we'll have, a, we'll have a good, good trying to do it. And it's exciting. And there's some really, really... I mean, some people I'm going to be a little bit starstruck about speaking to. And I, I, yeah, I can't wait for it. Um, lads, you enjoyed it? Brilliant. As ever, it's good to just do these little things. No agenda, just talk about what we're going and and then um and then just deliver it. But yeah, just thanks for giving your time on it, boys. I know you do a lot on this, and it and it's it's just really. I think it's good. It's just going to be good for people to have a little bit of something different in the refereeing world, and that we're not just going always going to just both smoke up referees' mm-hmm. asses. Absolutely. Wonderful, but equally, we're never going to abuse them. So no, it's just like. Let's just let's just be real and, and just. And now and now we've crowned you the ref doctor. If you have anything <laughs> that you want to ask the ref doctor for next week, can I, can I ask a proper thing? The ref doctor. No, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll try. We'll try and get that. We can do that. That's no problem. That's easy. Uh, but if you've got anything you want to ask, any problems, uh, provided it's not serious, Matt has got a full <laughs> no, copy for no, that. I'm not, I'm not very experienced with hemorrhoids. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a good centre forward, then, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, get at us, subscribe, like, share, and come at us. And, you know, Martin loves being abused on Twitter, and I find it highly amusing. So, you know, keep keep it coming. And nobody's took us up on the challenge yet. You know, if you've got something to say, you disagree with us, come on the pod. Balls for the pod. Definitely. um, Listen, thanks again, boys, and let's tune in next week. Yeah, see you later, guys. Bye. Take care.